Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The following podcast is a member of the Great Big Owl family. Smashbot. Throughout the years, working title films and writer Richard Curtis have captured the euphoria, hysteria, and humiliation of love with the films Four Weddings and a Funeral, Notting Hill, and Bridget Jones's Diary. This holiday season, join this unforgettable filmmaking team. Welcome, Prime Minister. This is Natalie. Hello, David. I mean, sir. 20 years ago, you'd have been just his time. <laughs> As they explore that time of year. Hello and Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah, it's good that. My name is John Rain, and I thank you for joining me in this hollowed-out volcano that is Smirshpod HQ for a bumper seasonal feast of yuletide fun in this Christmas special. We'll be delving deeply into Christmas, tackling a different Christmas film with an exciting festive guest by my side. This episode, we will be discussing love, Life, happiness, sadness, wanky bollocks and exalted fuckery as we take a look at Love Actually. Joining me to ponder what is it actually all about is journalist and broadcaster Julia Rayside, who can be found on Twitter as at JN Rayside. Hello, Julia. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. Do you like Christmas? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Okay, good. So you love this film then? No. Right. But do you love this film? <laughs> I have a complicated relationship with the film. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it sort of it does. There are there are moments where I cry. Mm-hmm. I hate myself for crying. Um, but it's but yes, it has it has an effect on me. Right. We we need to go into some detail about this. I feel. Like I'm, I'm seeing this is a kind of therapy session. Yeah. Well, I think it, that's it is. okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. Um, you've brought Sherry. I did. Well, you shockingly just told me that you've never had Sherry, which no. I don't believe. It's true. I don't believe you. It's true, ladies and gentlemen. This is a Montelado. Is it? <laughs> it's medium dry. Cheers. Should we, should we take a sip? Should we make the cheers noise here, the microphone? Do the clunking. Did Look you hear that. that, ladies and gentlemen? I hope you did. He's, he's about to try sherry. Here what we go. do you think of sherry? Go. go for it. <laughs> That's not bad. <laughs> he's making like a piss face. <laughs> I am not. It's just my face. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. How rude of me. That's good. See, yeah. we're, in, we're in the Christmas spirit. <clears throat> I'm drunk. Let's go. <laughs> yes. So, Love Actually, then. Yeah. We begin with a montage of people at the airport. Yeah. Airport bullshit, I've written here. <laughs> Is there nothing about that opening montage that really offended you? Yeah, when he said, I was talking about 9-11. Ah, oh, good. I'm glad we've gotten straight to that. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, like messages yeah. of love and 9-11. It's nice to get 
to images of terrorism in your opening sequence. I think so, yeah, especially when you're looking at people in an airport. Yeah, people who didn't get to meet their <laughs> friends and loved, loved ones. It's just a really... Well, he goes... Everybody on the plane... It's a bum note, doesn't it? Everybody on the plane, they were giving messages of love before they died in a burning inferno. It's just a really odd thing to pick. It's a, it's a little bit emotionally tone deaf yeah. to pick. I, I, you, obviously, it's obvious what he was trying to say. He was trying to say, you know, if you take away all the bullshit, the human impulse is just to love each other and, you know, look after each other and be happy and things. But... Um, but what he actually did was invoke horrible images at the beginning of the film yeah. about love. Yeah. yeah it's, it was a very odd way to start. And I know some people, one person actually I talked to over the weekend who said um, he sat down to watch the film. In fact, no, he paid for a ticket, went to the cinema. The film began. Mm. <laughs> that line came out and he just simply left the cinema. Right. And he's never seen the film. Um, I, I think that's a bit harsh, but, um, you know, you can understand people taking offence. He should have said in many ways, like 9-11, love <laughs> is an inside job. <laughs> Or, you know, love can melt steel beams. <laughs> Something like that. No. Yeah. Right, can we have to get out of the airport because we're going to be here. Let's all get day out of the airport. Yeah, so on. we meet Rabsi Nesbitt who, and Bill Nye. Yeah. And he's having trouble recording um, Christmas is All Around You. Because he's having trouble singing the word fingers. Yeah. Because he thinks the I is an A. Yeah. Fangers. Fangers. Yes. So, um, so he's introduces like this character who's sort of jaded, sweary, kind of adorable old washed up rock star. Lag. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, who's uh, cynically recording? Is it three weeks before Christmas? Two weeks before Christmas? Uh, he's recording a Christmas single just to and try this and is make also, it come back. Sorry to interrupt you. No, please. Sorry, please. I'm very How sorry. much cherry have you had? Two, two sips. <laughs> just two sips, ladies and gentlemen. Um, this his is eyes also, are rolling back in his head. <laughs> this is Richard Curtis saying, oh, that song I had from my film that was very popular, now I'm going to cast it aside and say, ha, oh, it means nothing to me, even though without it my film probably wouldn't have been as... Well, I mean, this is Curtis all over, so we, we're going to end up talking about him a lot. Mm. And I think now is a good time to say, and I think we're both on the same page here, Richard Curtis has made some of the most important stuff to me that I've ever seen on television, on film. We both love Four Weddings and Funeral, right? Yeah, I do. Love I do, actually. Film. Yeah, apart from the ending. I have... Oh, no, I have I, well, Andy McDowell, we, can, we can't rewrite her now, but, but, you know, you do get the sense he's kind of, by this point, he's just repeating himself. Yeah. And I think writing and directing... I don't think he... Did he direct Notting Hill? I don't no. think he did, did no, he? No, he didn't. I think the Love Actually problem may be traced back to the fact that he decided to do it all himself. Yeah. And he's really good with collaboration... Mm. And uh, this was where um, the Curtis brain just got to take over the robot. And it was just, I'm, I'm not sure it went that well. No. I mean, again, complicated relationship with the film. So anyway, yes. So he's referencing that, that single. Yeah. And then uh, Bill Nye says, this is solid gold shit. And I thought, that's a better name for this film. <laughs> really. Should have been roll credits. No, I think, um, I can't remember now. I'd really like to credit the person who said this, but it was so long ago, I can't remember now. But if I remember... I'll like I'll I'll write in and say, mm -hmm. um, but we we call this film and so do many of my other friends. We call this film "Fuck the Help." Fuck the Help. Because as we come to examine the relationship yeah. in the film, it's yeah. nearly always older men trying to shag their secretaries, tea ladies, cleaning women. I mean, it's pretty across the board, not good when you look at it that way. It is and uh, it is a misogynist heaven. This film. Isn't yeah, it? I mean, inc incredibly so. Uh, but every time I, I say every time I go back to it, we do watch it every Christmas more than once. Yeah, I wanted to examine this because um, <laughs> you you posted recently that you, you watch it annually. <clears throat> we do. Um, it, it is it is kind of the beginning of Christmas. We had a couple of friends over about a week ago. They made the mistake of telling us they'd never seen it, and yeah. we sort of grabbed them and said, "No, no, you have to," because because it is so baffling and there's so much to unpack. Mm. Um, how how this career got to this point? How you know everyone who's anyone in British cinema 
uh, obviously was involved because it's Richard Curtis and it's you know an incredible pedigree. Um, but but and how you could turn out this this film yeah it's just it's something you have to see to believe and uh and you know it's been dissected endlessly on the internet but i just think it's it is it still fascinates me all these years later so bill nye's having trouble recording this song <clears throat> and yes. also from a recording point of view he's doing it terribly because they're all in the same room there's going to be bleeding <laughs> does there. that ever happen no i mean you're in isolated little know. vocal booths yeah exactly he's standing literally next to backing singers who are singing into his mic and yeah but the backing singers only, can only really roll their eyes if they're in shot and if they're behind glass that must have been hard to film mm. i'm guessing there were shenanigans and they had to just move them into the same room yeah yeah but it's all crazy and kooky anyway because <laughs> bill yes. nye is crazy and kooky he is so. he is um, he gets the words wrong, and so that's the first instance of hashtag funny swearing. Yeah, all fuckety bollocks. So there's yeah. when when all else fails in a Richard Curtis film, and sometimes you know there are memorable moments in his in four weddings where you know Hugh Grant's fucking, for example, when mm-hmm. he gets up late, he says fuck about ten times. Yeah, um, funny swearing just pops up at regular intervals throughout his films yes. to kind of show you that the characters are fallible just like you and me the and they're just like great guys and down to earth and uh, yeah so this is the first funny swearing um, there, there will be more later we are all but made from clay oh, yeah. so then we cut to Colin Firth yeah. who's saying darling 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 every five seconds that's right I've got to go out <laughs> I've got to go out. You, you, I'm sorry you're poorly. Yeah, it's a bit um, of a setup. So Sien- yeah. Sienna Guillory, who's just impossibly beauteous, is his um, short-lived girlfriend who he loves and he keeps telling he loves her. Mm. So you know something's about to go wrong. Yeah. And then, so you just set up their relationship, which lasts all but a minute. And well, then... this scene's about 15 seconds long. Yeah, that's yeah. all she gets. And then we cut to Liam Neeson on the phone to Emma Thompson. Oh. He's having a, a tough time. And you know what? Art imitated, li- no, life imitated oh, art. No, it's awful. I know. It? It's dreadful. So he plays Except a Except in very real life recent... he's not lumbered with a stepson. <laughs> Sorry, it is there. really interesting that they decided to make that little boy his stepson. Why? I'm not really sure why. No, it serves no Because they'd have worked perfectly just as father and son yeah. dealing with something terrible together. Yeah. But anyway, so his wife has literally just died of, we assume, some kind of long-form illness because she has planned her own funeral and it's all mm. uh, shown later on in the film. But he's he's in agony. Yeah. Emma Thompson is clearly one of his best friends. It's yeah. kind of the tenuous links that... They pretty much do all... They manage to link all these characters together, although really, they might as well just all be in different films. Well, I've written down here, it's arsehole Magnolia. <laughs> you know, in Magnolia, everybody is Respect intrinsically linked. Respect the yeah. Yeah, yeah in, I know, in this yeah. film, it's like they're all tenuously linked because it makes for a nice <laughs> They're also all, yes, pointlessly linked because it's they do sort of try and drag them together in like a wedding scene or an airport scene, but there's kind of no point. No. Like, it's just, oh, shit, we, maybe we should work out why we've made a film about all of these people at the same time, mm. rather than just, you know, giving any sort of thought to... I wish they to, had done that. I just met what made loads of films. Or just figured out why <laughs> they've made a film about these oh, no, people. I wish they'd done that, for sure. And I think the editing must have been such a... I watched the DVD extras before I came here, mm-hmm. and there, there is a remark about the original cut being three and a half hours. Jesus Christ. And then knowing, realising they had to lose 80 minutes, I was like, only 80 minutes? I bet 75 of those were Rowan Atkinson <laughs> doing that bag thing. <laughs> Oh, no, he was supposed to be a big character in the film. I bet he was. What you've got here is effectively a, a handful of handovers. You've got Liam Neeson <laughs> on the phone to Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson has a scene with her family where her daughter's hilariously going to a nativity play as a lobster. That's right, and she finds that amusing, but it's so lovely. It's actually quite a good way to enter her character. She's too lovely to mm. spoil it for her daughter. Mm. So straight away, you know, she's a good egg. She's the seat of all the real genuine emotion in this film. Um, uh, and basically, I cling to her for the rest of the film. Yeah, as, she's as the, only like, nice the only person. Real person who I could vaguely like in real life yes and also this lobster thing bothered me slightly <laughs> because it feels like it's Richard Curtis going schools are fucking stupid 
It did seem uh, a bit that way. We have to we have to bend over backwards for all these religions, <laughs> so we're going to be lobsters. Are you happy now, you cunts? Do you think, yeah, I never thought Based of it that way. Based on this thing about schools you know like oh we can't have a yeah. proper nativity everyone has to dress up as lobsters <laughs> are you happy now you bastards you bloody lefty idiots yeah maybe maybe god that's another way to read it i'll have another bit of sherry <laughs> okay <clears throat> that's yes, five have to kind of you, this first bit obviously is just introducing character but he mm. only waits seven minutes to introduce the wedding which is fucking cheating. Well, we've got Chris Marshall at the wedding. Oh, God. He's possibly the worst thing in this Can film. Can we just pretend he wasn't in it? I'd like to. Well, it's, it's not even... To be honest, it's not even his fault. His character is so appallingly thinly drawn. He's Again, such a knob. Yeah, it's like a misogynist fantasy <clears throat> being acted out. It's awful. It's like um, someone said, um, I think, uh, so, some scene that, we, that was cut out, he just banged his head. And then in his dreams, got on a plane, went to America, yeah. was seduced by a bunch of kind of sexually aggressive American women in a Wisconsin bar mm. had a fivesome with them or something mm-hmm. and then just woke up in hospital at the yeah. end of the film. That's what it feels like. It just, I wish his plot line... They actually axed a plot line with um, Anne Reed and Francis Delator as a gay couple. The headmistress of the school right. uh, was Anne Reed, and she came home. Obviously, in Richard Curtis films, if there's a gay couple, one of them's got to die. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so Francis Delator's character has cancer and then she dies. They cut that to make room for Chris Marshall. Stop all the clocks. And his condom bags. It's full of condoms. So, um, uh, I, yeah, I, I question a lot of decisions, I do. And then we meet Martin Freeman. Yes. Uh, who's basically in this film, he's doing his Vodafone advert, oh. but with pornography. Oh, God, the Vodafone advert makes me so uncomfortable. They're so bad, talking about that now, like, oh, yeah. bleh, everything about it, wrong, 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 wrong. Um, but yes, so he is, his job, he's a stand-in. He talk, his character talks about being a stand-in for Brad Pitt on another film. Yeah. Seven years in Tibet or something. So he and Joanna Page meet being stand-ins for naked people who are filming a film that only requires them to be naked and shag against like beautiful architraves and like nice pillars Mm. um it just doesn't make sense like it's not a porn film because the budget's too big and they talk about bringing the actors in but it is just fucking so you should never give an audience that much to bother them Mm. they that you can't concentrate on the fact that they're actually quite a nice little duo and the relationship's quite sweet but no just the incongruity of um, like naked breasts and well, you can see what shagging. What he's trying to do in a very clumsy way. Of course, I can see what way. he's trying to do. It's he's trying to say, awful. we're British, despite the fact we're literally <laughs> naked. Yeah. We still find it, we're still finding it awkward. Yeah. We can still talk about the traffic on the A31. Blah, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Yeah, blah. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That's one gag. Mm-hmm. Do it once. Yeah. Move on. It would make a good sketch. Absolutely. But not a film. But he returns to it again and again. Obviously, again as the film again. goes on, they get more and more naked. And it's like, again, just Chris Marshall, Martin Freeman, just everything they've, you've made them do, just say sorry and move on. Cut it from the film and move on. I'd yeah. rather have Miss Jones with cancer. Yes, yeah, so would I. And, you know, I don't say that likely, but I would rather have had her with cancer. Because yeah. at least, you know, that's some, the real emotion is hard to find in this film. And when you yeah. get it, it's almost like a, an oasis in the desert. We'll, we'll, we'll have to talk about how, how important Emma Thompson becomes to my actual physical survival while I'm watching this film. Yeah. Then we get Hugh Grant turning up as Prime Minister. Which is nice. Rapturous applause. Yes. Yeah, nice bit of stunt casting. I mean, why not have... Why not? ...a sexy, loose single? single. Yeah. And they set it up quite well, you mm. know, uh, where he mentions to the housekeeper as he's coming, which apparently is Emma Freud's mum, the director's mm. mother-in-law, that he isn't bringing any of that, you know, baggage with him like teenagers or a wife or... So you're like, OK, so you're a single prime minister. OK, that's... Again, I don't buy it, but that's interesting. And it's Hugh Grant and he can carry a lot without, you know, you asking too many questions. So him I quite and, liked him. Him and Emma Thompson. 
<laughs> are too good for this film. Oh no, that's I, I. I think I have in capitals. I've written. I've written notes, people, because I'm a professional. Yeah, same. Thing. I have. I have too good for this in capitals. Too many times to mention. Yeah, and it's usually about her, or occasionally Rickman, or yeah, or Hugh Grant. Well, I should say usually my thing for these podcasts is I write two to three pages of notes. I've written seven for this. <laughs> And it's not pages. it's not big writing it's like tiny writing yeah it's an angry spidery writing yeah that is my handwriting oh fair enough sorry i didn't mean to <laughs> and then we get to after he comes up with the thing and is basically doing tony blair with a conscience yeah um we then are introduced to the the wedding of kira Ugh. knightley oh i should say actually sorry when hugh grant does go into number 10 oh, yeah. that's where he meets martin sorry yes and then she another instance of funny swearing um she is the tea lady or something like that at number 10 downing street he is in the lineup of three people that he meets as he becomes prime minister obviously you yeah. would meet the tea lady very important mm. she says shit and then then she apologizes for swearing and then she says she knew she'd fuck it up on her first day and then she says piss it and then Hugh Grant says, it's funny fuck. if you can't. Yeah, and he said, and so, so everyone's, we, swearing is now twice in this film already, and we're about seven minutes in. Swearing is very funny. Oh. We all agree. But I also meant to say is about that whole sequence. Is this, oh, yeah. this was the period of Hugh Grant's career. We could literally say anything, then do that smile. Yes. And everyone would be like, oh. I know. He, it's completely adorable. He's absolutely adorable in this film. There's nothing wrong with his performance. Nope. Uh, even when he has to dance to, uh, it's not the Girls Aloud version. They They did that for the film. But then they didn't put it in the film. They didn't like it enough to put it in the film. But is it jump or... Yeah, and he dances around number 10 Downing Street. That's not we'll yet. Get, we'll get to that. I'm Jesus sorry, I keep jumping ahead. Um, so, yeah, then we get to the, <laughs> the wedding of Chitwell, too good for this film. And yeah. as Mark Commode affectionately, affectionately refers to as Ikea Knightley, <laughs> which I think works in this instance. Because you need instructions to put her together. She's made of wood. Oh, well, I mean, I, see, no, I don't like her as an actress in lots of things I've seen. But she's not. She's not made it. With, that's what's so confusing. Like she should just be wooden, but she's not. She just does this one style of acting, mm. and in, in a film like this, it's perfect. Like you're a new, you're a bride. You've just got married. Laugh and cry at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> that's what she does. Yeah. Um, in good. every scene, always, forever, and it kind of is like a coverall performance. Yeah, it's not great, but it's sort of you know it does the job. <laughs> We'll get to this. It's, oh, it's a okay. massive yeah. shit show. But, um, we have to talk faster. We do, we do, we do. So the wedding, they sing All You Need <laughs> Is Love, which Andrew Lincoln's arranged. Turns out that was a big surprise that he'd arranged. It's awful as well. Um, it's like, really bad. And also there are people sitting in the wedding with like trombones and tubers that she didn't, that like they didn't notice they do at that. their wedding. Oh, God. Yeah, and then th- 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 there's that singer who was famous in the 90s for about five minutes who they kind of act really surprised when they see him. Yeah. They're like, oh, my God, it's that famous singer that none of us can remember the name of. But we're really chuffed. He's at our wedding. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so he does that for them. That's really nice. They see. But he's taken. Over, that's what I hate about this character. He's taken over their wedding because he's an arsehole. He's a total arsehole. He's and like, look a at psycho me. and a stalker. Well, we'll get to that. I, I, and, a, and also that exhibition he has. His art is shit. It's, it's like naked people with Santa hats on. Yeah. Absolute tosser. A wanker. I hope he dies. <laughs> I hope he gets to live through a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Um, yeah. So then we get, um, so every scene, I've written down here, every scene has got a new wanker in it. All I've put here, all stories from the point of view of men. We get back to Martin Freeman and his woman. Yeah. She gets her tits out. That's right. She I'm like, this is not necessary. They need to see her nipples, it's very important. It's not necessary. And then as soon as they said, we need to see your nipples, yeah. then they tell Martin Freeman that he has to cup her breasts. Yeah. And then once he's cupped them, these are stand-ins, remember, it's just for lighting. Yeah. They're lining up the lights, like, we need to see you massaging them. 
it's not necessary. And also, that's a director there going, yeah, yeah, yeah grab a tits. <clears throat> go on, give them Genuinely, it's really upsetting. It's unsettling. The fact that Joe Page had to go through that is upsetting. The fact yeah. that, you know, she, they, the two of them are so good-natured, they play it so nicely. But at some point, I guess, you know, just you say to the director, are you, um... This is so far-fetched. Yeah. And also, it seems a bit, yeah. yeah. can we not do this? But, mm. you know, clearly... There's nothing wrong with having, like, shooting it from above her and just You've seeing Ryan Freeman reach. You've thought about this too much now. It's, it's a pervert's dream, this film. <laughs> it really is. And it gets worse. Do you worse. like it? <laughs> it gets worse. Okay, fine. Um, so then uh, Chris Marshall being appalling, cutting back to the wedding, he talks about how all English women are rubbish. They're stuck up. Stuck up. Frigid, presumably, he means by that. Because they don't want to have sex Have you with him. ever thought about the fact that you might be a cunt? Have you thought about that? <laughs> I don't think he's thought about it for a minute. So he he's, about... he's the only man in the film, by the way, who's rather than that kind of bumbling, I can't talk to a girl, oh, no, I'm too awful, I'm too terrible. He's the only man in the film with this, like, supreme, unshakable confidence. Yeah. Which is equally just, like, not in any way appealing. He should be fucking locked up with Laura Linney's brother. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln's character. Oh, his yeah, and character, yeah, yeah. Um, to a certain extent, well, I mean, Colin first character, they're just, they're just not nice people. No. None of these people are nice. No. Even Alan Rickman, God rest him, and one of my favourite actors, manages to be something of an arsehole in this film. Totally unlikable. When, you know, usually he can find nuance in everything and, you mm. know, there's always something you like about mm. them. Just no absolute tosses, a lot of them. Utter shit. Mm. Uh, and then Colin Firth <laughs> comes home after the wedding. Yeah. Catches his wife. He comes home to his brother. That's right. Finds his brother And his brother's there. like, oh, I've just come round. And I thought, ah, now how do you like it, Bill Hayden? <laughs> Tinker Taylor reference there. And, um, I'm glad you got that in. That's important to include. That's what yeah. he no. um, So, yeah, he comes home and his brother's like, oh, I'm just, I thought I'd come around and see it. And then his wife yeah. shouts out something like, come, come and get me, big boy. Yeah. Something a woman would never say. Blah. But yeah, ex- exactly. Okay, yes. So, this is a crucial point. Yeah. None of the things the women in this film say are ever things that a woman would say. Mm-mm. And there's this huge, it's almost like, I don't know. A man getting a certain age. I'm talking about Richard Curtis here. I don't know him. I'm just pop psychologizing him because it's fun. Yeah. But a man getting to a certain age and just sort of the, his worldview suddenly bubbled to the surface. And then he made a film. Yes. Which just gave away a lot of, if it wasn't his, somebody's worldview that's very kind of, don't talk to women. You can't talk to women. It's very public schoolboy. It's very sort of um, uh, women are untouchable um, goddesses on plinths. You can't talk to them. You must never say you love them. Laura Linney, uh, well, her character we'll get to in a sec, yeah. is the only woman in this film who acts like a Richard Curtis man. Yes. She can't talk to the object of her desire either. No. But there, it's like love, love is not the subject of this film at all. It's kind of um, the bumbling lack of ability to talk to somebody you find attractive. That's mm-hmm. the subject of the film. And kind of, it's not as universal as he thinks. No. At all, is it? He bookends this film. Otherwise, we'd all be single. Exactly. He bookends this film with scenes of airports, which, you know, does happen. But everything in between (laughs) is completely unreal. I mean, people being happy at airports or sad or whatever happens. Everything in between is complete horseshit. Well, it just isn't based on reality. No. Like learning Portuguese, you married. No, no, wait, 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 just. We'll get there. We'll get there. Yes. But this is this is this feels like in, in the seventies. If someone was like, right, you know, all those letters everyone sends into Razzle that a middle-aged man writes. <laughs> yeah. Let's make a film of them. Because this is what it is. This yes. is like middle-aged man fantasy film. These are one-sided love fantasies. So yes, it's people imagining. Even the kid. Yeah. It's like it's love, love from afar. Don't ever connect with reality film them secretly from your like little weaselly position at the back of their wedding mm. 
um, love them from our don't talk to them don't treat them like human beings yeah. it's actually the more we think the more we talk about this the more upset I'm getting yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh god it's like dear Razzle yeah. I'm, I'm an extra on a, I, I do stuff on a, on a film where I have to have sex with a lady and pretend to I find it really hard to talk to her what do you suggest <laughs> I suggest you um, yeah just wait till you're in a really awkward situation maybe she's sitting on your face and then you can ask her out <laughs> and then we get to Liam Neeson's wife's weird funeral oh god She's taking more sherry. Now. And so I had to then, because yeah. it's just because it is okay. Okay, this is this is what I meant about not liking the fact that it can still have an emotional effect on me. Mm. Obviously, obviously, I cried during the funeral. Yeah, because there's a kid yeah. whose mum's just died. Yeah, and you know he's. It's not. I wouldn't say it goes far as saying it's cheap, but you know, obviously, when Richard Curtis wrote a film called Four Weddings and a Funeral. He includes both wedding and funeral in like the first twenty minutes of this film. Mm. And you, you know, you know, you're going to have your buttons pushed, but it doesn't make you immune to the effect of them being pushed. You can still feel the feelings that he wants you to feel with the editing and the music and the sad. You know, it's it's it, it did make me cry. Yeah. Well, he goes, "Oh, my wife was a great person, and she picked this music." Yeah. It was the bye bye baby, baby goodbye. <laughs> yeah. With a then like PowerPoint presentation of yeah. their happy life together. That's right. I'd have been a bit annoyed about that. Well, no, I, me too. And obviously, you know, that's that's something people do do when, you know, it's like when they're sort of dying, they can sort of plan their own demise and that's absolutely their right. But, mm. you know, I don't think a mother would want her little boy sitting there no. with this bloody awful music playing by the Bay City Rollers. Um, uncomforted, like no one's even got their fucking arm around him. No. Um, they're all just sitting there in their little worlds kind of going, oh, it's really, that's so hurt, it's so funny and sad at the same time, so poignant. Um, while this poor kid's just sitting there like looking shell-shocked. And they have cast a, a child who looks like completely upset all the time. <laughs> he just they? does. It's really difficult to look at him. He makes me cry more than anything yeah. throughout the film. He Thank just... God he grew up. <laughs> <laughs> and then was in like Star Wars and stuff. He was in Star Wars. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See, Just, I'm, I know that. You're stuff. down with the kids. <laughs> um, and then Andrew Lincoln, we get him being creepy again. So creepy. Thing. And then Laura, we meet Laura Lenny, and, yeah. and she's in her office, and she's giving this awful dialogue. I've written here, it's like a fire in an orphanage. <laughs> so, and then Alan Rickman calls her into his office, which is again, like this a is bit, sexual harassment. It's basically workplace inappropriate behaviour very much so of a kind that we're all happily now talking about more but just you know you wanna... don't have a meeting scheduled yeah. with one of your colleagues one of your employees even which is even worse yeah. and ask her about how long she's fancied the other guy in the office and good go on why didn't you go and shag him yeah it's Christmas why don't you get off him at the party uh, just yeah inappropriate Alan Rickman should not be playing no. this character no but you know Richard Curtis asked him to of course you'd say yes but I just, I, I resent uh, Richard Curtis for doing that to Rickman. He's a god. He is. And he's, mm. hor- he's just nothing about him in it. It's not So right. then, then we see Bill Nye on radio promoting his single. Oh, where he god. says, I changed the word love to Christmas. Actually, I want his plot line to be removed as well. And I love mm. Bill Nye. Yeah, me too. But you don't like him in I'm this. A, I'm at three plot lines now that I, I can't tolerate anymore. Yeah, yeah. That I kind of fast forwarded this time. I'm probably on all of the plot lines. I know them. I know Actually, no, no, Emma Thompson. No the Emma Thompson one has merit. No way you're getting rid of her. And if Alan Rickman wanted an arsehole, it, it would work. Yeah, yeah, I think so. But yeah, so he's on the radio saying, you know, and I've put, you know, this film is if you change the word love to Christmas, that is this film. Yeah. And at this point, it feels like Spice World. So it's just full of cameos. Actually, it does. And it's not very well directed. It's, and it's, it feels rushed. It's, well, we talked about sort of the idea that it's supposed to be one film, but it feels like about 25 different films, mm. unfinished, all bitty. Um, it's not even, you couldn't even call it like a portmanteau film because he bothers to try and make it seem like everyone sort of knows each other. Yeah. I just wish he hadn't. I wish he'd just filmed a bunch of scenes. Like 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 the airport where he's like 
creepily shot people uh, from a distance who are hugging their relatives for real at airports. I wish he'd just filmed it like that and just, you know, split the screen into 25 separate sections. Yes. You know, I'd have watched that like art. Yeah. But not, not, not with an attempt to make it into a thing. No. Mm. And then Bill Nye says the, t- the single is a festering turd. That's right. He kind of does a Reggie Perrin yeah. and says it's shit, which of course means it's going to sell millions. Which of probably copies. would work these days. Yeah. I Maybe think not it... in 2004 or whatever it was. No, I know. Yeah, perhaps not then. But now but it, it is, was. But it's, there, there is form for this, yeah. The, the yeah. whole kind of uh, calling something crap and then selling lots of it. You should celebrate yourself every day. But some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. And then we go to the cabinet meeting with Hugh Grant. <laughs> yes. And he's talking about the awful U.S. president that's coming over. And yes. all these uh, ministers are saying, you should take a stand against mm. him because he's awful and horrible. Yeah. And Hugh Grant's like, no, no, I'm no. I'm sure that's how cabinets do talk to the prime minister. Yeah. Defo. And then he says, and he says, no, no, we're, not, we're going to be very nice. And then he says, right, who do I have to screw around here to get a tea and a chocolate biscuit? And who should walk in but the, according to this film, really fat tea lady, Martine McCutcheon, this film who's is, possibly a size eight if she's if that. that. This film has got huge fat issues. Oh, my God, we have to get to the fat issues. But anyway, again, where is this coming from? Perhaps I fear Nesbitt gets called fat a million times. He's fat. She, Martin McCutcheon gets all fat twice. She, uh, but and also by another woman, Nina Sassania's character yeah. calls her and we talk, big thighs, fat thighs, yeah. big ass, sizable ass. And yeah. her ex-boyfriend says she's fat. Yeah. And Emma then, Thompson says she's fat. Emma Thompson, I, I heard rumours she actually had to wear like padding so that when she was in the bedroom scene with uh, Alan Rickman sort of undressing after the Christmas party yeah. where she has to say, I felt a bit fat. Um, that she that she had any kind of meat on her at all, and also um, uh, Aurelia, the Portuguese cleaning lady yes. of Colin Firth, her sister, who obviously is the funny, funny joke when he well we get to this later as well, but yeah. when he comes to knock for his bride to be and say I'd like to marry your daughter, the other daughter comes out who hilariously is about a size sixteen, yeah, and um, and is then constantly referred to as like Miss Dunking Donuts, mm. fat so fat, it's like wow, this is horrible. You're getting some issues out here, Richard. Yeah, I am. I just thought Richard is. No, I am. I'm just. But you know, it's really. Oh, that's not nice. No, it's not. So, so Martin McCutcheon's fat in your world, crikers. But would a prime minister, an actual prime minister, say in a cabinet meeting, "Who do I have to screw round here?" 
I mean, who knows? We've never been in a cabinet meeting, have we? Maybe they do talk that way. I don't Theresa know. Theresa May say that? I can imagine, like, maybe John Major saying that. I don't know. I have to screw around here. Yeah. <laughs> and then he did end up having an affair with Cato, didn't he? So I think that's, they've based that on John Major. Cato? Yeah, his caterer used to just jump out from behind lampshades and like karate <laughs> chop him. No, no, John Major had famously had an affair with his caterer. I thought it was Edwina Curry. And and Edwina Curry. Yeah. He was a bit of a one. Blimey. I know. <laughs> uh, and then Chris, Chris Marshall announces, excuse me, I just had another sherry. Uh, he's going to Wisconsin to find women to have sex with. That's right. Because women. English girls are stuck up. American mm. girls are easy. Yeah. They're a sucker for an English accent. And they're not people. Women, women are receptacle for semen. <laughs> His semen. His no, semen. no, 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 because he's bringing a bag of condoms that he's, oh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not going to use them as that as such. No. But they'll certainly be helpful to him in his pursuit of get expunging himself of all that built-up sexual semen. vending machines. Just unbelievably disgusting. Can you imagine yeah, no. making a film like that now? No. Just And it's still beloved. And wi- women love this film. It's... Women really love this film. So then Alan Rickman, we started flirting with his secretary. Well, not flirting, is it? It's, it's, it's cyber sex. It's not flirting. It's Super just sex. out and out. Again, her, her character, clearly a, a very capable German actress who's been cast. She's the new girl in the office and she decides, she just sets herself exocet-like at the boss, yeah. Alan Rickman. And she doesn't really flirt with him. She just kind of point, points at bits of her and goes, Here you go, big me. boy. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, is just, you know... So insulting to women. It's even I mean, if you are a nasty hoe who wants to like pick off someone's husband. Mm. Just that's eesh, horrible. It's horrible. It's a rather letter. Um, <laughs> Hang on, pause. I'm going to pour some more sherry. Pour some more sherry. <laughs> Liam Neeson uh, is meeting with Emma Thompson. That's and he, right. And he starts crying. It's a nice scene. It's a nice scene until you get to the public school bit where she's lovely, but obviously British people don't kind of open up to each other quite in that way. They mm. kind of dress it up with the bravado, and she says to him, "You know, stop crying." No one likes to see no one shag you. No one's going to shag you if you cry all the time. That's exactly right. I should say, actually, Liam Neeson's very good in this as well. Um, he does that scene brilliantly. It's in that scene where uh, she's kind of chatting away to him and he's trying to find out what's wrong with his son because he's yeah. hiding in his bedroom, above and beyond, you know, that his mum's dead, mm. and then just breaks down in the middle of a sentence. It's, yeah. it's an, a little isolated island of beauty. Basically, whenever Thompson's on screen, something good usually happens. Absolutely. But right. that's just a rule for life. And then he eventually plucks up the courage to talk to his stepson. And Mm. his son says, truth is, Dad, I'm in love. That's right. Do fuck off. And did you expect that? No, you did not. Fuck right (laughs) off, honestly. (laughs) There's a bit later on where they watch Titanic and they pretend to be... Don't. It's just so weird. I'm sorry. I'm probably doing men a disservice here. (laughs) There was no way a man would say to a boy... Who's not his actual son. He's not his actual son. He says, let's go and watch Kate and Leo. Uh, Fuck off. I mean... I, I'd even even if that were the case, to then put father and son in the position of two lovers. Yes, on the front. He's of holding bed. him. It's, it's really weird, especially as he's not his son. Freaky. It's very freaky. Um, so then, Laura Linney. Moving this, on. Another bit that I, I thought was insulting to you women. <laughs> you women, right? She dolls herself up in the office to make yeah. this man notice her, and he doesn't. She starts crying. I see. I can't. I never. So I never read it that way. That's that's really interesting because she is wearing kind of lipstick. You see her putting, applying the makeup, don't you? Well, do you think so? You read that as her doing it for him. Yeah. Ah, interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think it's been written that way. Okay. Well, no, you're probably right. Um, you're as bad as he is. I've read um, Razzle letters. <laughs> she is Hugh Grant in this scene, and she's she's Hugh Grant in falling at the funeral. She uh, stutters, says the wrong thing, can't speak to this guy Carl, who is just sort of again has no role in this film at all apart no. from pretty boy looks nice in pants leonine sort of hair cardboard cut out of a person completely mm. without 
anything. Tell me anything about him. You can't. He's just an avatar. And and also someone who seems to have depth like her. Does she just fancy the pretty boy across the office? Seriously, she doesn't like look for anything more than that. She's never really spoken to him. None of these people speak to the people they love. There might have been a scene cut out where he does Monty Python quotes her, like yeah, in Sliding Doors. I, that's the only way I can see this as like a viable relationship. Actually, unnecessarily, it keeps on setting up the fact that, one, she loves that guy that she's never spoken to, but has worked in the same office with we're here for two years. Mm. And two, her phone keeps ringing because she's beholden to whoever it is on the end of the phone uh, who clearly is very needy of her, so she can't really commit to... She keeps calling her. him darling, isn't it? Something yeah. like that. And are yeah. we supposed to think at this... I took that to mean, are we supposed to think that she's got someone... I didn't think that, because she's a nice character, so there's no way she'd be lusting after somebody else while being married to somebody at home. Mm. So, I no, I didn't read it that way. Um, but I think that they over-egged that a lot. Yes. And again, she's a really... She's a brilliant actress. Laura Lee's fantastic. She is, and she gets to get her tits out later as well. Oh, Which God. is entirely necessary. La- I, again, I, my notes are peppered with ladies' bras, ladies' bras. Yeah. Breasts, ladies' bras. Um, it's just... it's just Oh, it's so... The more you watch it with, like, sort of today's eyes, yeah. the more you think, why did we all think this was okay? Yeah. It's, it's like looking at, you know, a Bernard Manning routine in the 70s and going, mm-hmm. bloody Nora, he yeah. hates everyone. He hates women. He hates... Foreign people, this is awful. We can't ever watch this again. Um, it's 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 starting to become that. Sort of, they probably um, liked breasts. <laughs> probably bloody loved them. They yeah. did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we get the tragic, heartbreaking story of poor Colin Firth having to write in luxury. In, is it Portugal? No, he goes. So this is the confusing thing. It's France, I, I think isn't it? I've now worked it out. He flies to France, oh. somewhere a bit sort of um, Provence-y, but I'm not sure. Mm. Obviously, there's some kind of lovely old farmhouse. They've deliberately tried to rough up a bit in the set design so it doesn't look too posh. It does look Clearly, posh. he's a very wealthy person. Yeah. He just either keeps a house in France or has rented a whole house for an indeterminate amount of time. He's staying there till Christmas, we're told. It's like at least a month till Christmas. Mm. And, and then he has brought this woman. <laughs> well, he's um, given her. Yeah. He's basically told... I have brought you this woman, I presume she's to keep house, because you're a man, so you can't do that, you know, on yeah. your own. And this very pretty, young, incre- again, it's older men, much younger women. Yeah. This very young, mute woman. It's better when they're mute. It's, if, they, if they talk, you just can't fancy them, can you? It's much better if they just it's shut up. They're talking nonsense as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, Emma yeah. Talk, Emma, Emma Thompson talks in this film. That's why her husband goes off her, not because of any other reason. Yeah. Um, if women just shut up, we can get on with fancying them and you know, projecting stuff onto them mm. from afar. So, yeah, so Aurelia... The beautiful Portuguese housemaid arrives and um, he obviously instantly loves her and she presumably has to love him because he's paying her. <laughs> Super. Yeah, but it's, heart- it's a heartbreaking story because, <clears throat> I don't know about you, but if it's, it's so sad to watch someone living in luxury, writing a novel in their own time. And he says, oh, alone again, as if that's Naturally. supposed to underline the fact that, things, that his circumstances are currently diminish like he did have Sienna Guillory and some sort of lovely flat in I don't know Notting Hill and now he's just in a beautiful sprawling mansion alone uh, by a lake um, with with a with a beautiful uh, 12 year old (laughs) Portuguese housemate and then we get a bit more of Hugh Grant flirting with Martin McCutcheon and then we get the wonderful scene of Liam Neeson training his son to talk to women (laughs) he tries to tell Sam how to win Joanna's affections yeah not even slightly freaked out by the fact that the girl that Sam has fallen in love with has the same name as Sam's mum. Yeah, that's weird. Which is that doesn't again, come up. Well, why, why put that in? Why is he a stepson? Why has she mm. got the same name as his mum? There needs Just, to be an explanation about the stepson. Don't do that. Just don't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then Bill Nye goes on Alan Deck. And Alan Deck is very good in this. Actually, that bit's brilliant. I yeah. really enjoyed that bit. 
Um, he is on a kids' TV show promoting his Christmas single, which just I don't think would happen. And um, obviously is a bit of a loose cannon and writes on a poster of blue that they're giving away as a competition prize. Um, we all have little pricks, which I thought was a very funny sentence. So then Kieran Knightley goes to see Andrew Lincoln yeah. and says she wants the video of the wedding. Oh, God. And he's like, oh, I've probably thrown it away. This is one of the hardest scenes to watch. This mm. one and... One will come to you later with Laura Linney when mm. she's being interrupted shagging by her um, phone ringing. Um, but yeah, where he's getting an actor to deliver a line, you just think, oh, I think I'd rather kill myself than say that line yeah. <laughs> with a camera filming me. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's she turns up with, uh, with Banoffee Pie mm-hmm. and says, um, I thought I could try and persuade you to show me the wedding video. Um, I, I brought you this pie. And he's like, oh, no, thank you. She's like, oh, thank goodness. Um, and then apologises for her terrible taste in pie. It's just like, but it's just the whole thing is cringeworthy. And this is where she finds out that Andrew Lincoln's been stalking her all along. Well, Alan Rickman flirts with his secretary again. Yeah. He says, I'm going to go out and buy Christmas presents. She, she opens says, her legs or something that was earlier, maybe. That's later, It all blends into one, doesn't it? Does, it does, basically. And then we go back to the tragic story of Colin Firth writing in luxury, being handed a beautiful woman. He can't speak <laughs> Portuguese and it's adorable. Have a woman. <laughs> and uh, never mind how the poor woman feels, he can just bark English at her all day long. Yeah, again, women aren't people. We've established mm. that now. You, you merely shunt them around uh, for uses of plot and um, exciting the male characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's basically going, uh, I'm, I I can't speak Portuguese and she's talking Portuguese to him. Yeah. Because at this point you're just saying, well, just stop. Just stop talking. Yeah. But they don't. They carry on because then the subtitles can be amusing when mm. they say the same thing, but like differently in different yeah. languages. And then Billy Bob Thornton turns up as the US president. Evil. Who's a creepy sex pest. I mean, where on <laughs> earth have we seen anything like that? I did enjoy, though, you get a, a, a condensed scene of the West Wing when they're negotiating <laughs> over a table. And it's so badly done. And it's done. sort of like a really weirdly bland room. It looks like mm. kind of like an office building in... Kettering. Mm. Um, there's, it's definitely not in Ten Downing Street. I think there's like a kitchenette. Well, don't <laughs> I just you get the sound of the tense door. music as well? Yeah, like, it'll be fine. But it's a really horrible scene. It just again, it's only about a minute long. Yeah, but it feels like little kids have got together. You know, like at the end of um, Rushmore, talking business. Well, they make Scarface <laughs> yes, for kids. Yes. It's like make the West Wing as children. <laughs> And that's what they've done. Fisher Price West Wing. Yeah. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's like with the baked beans, the Swiss roll. Exactly. <laughs> and um, so then Billy Bob comes and meets Hugh Grant yeah. and uh, eventually tries to cop off with beautiful Martine. Yeah, obviously he, he spots her on the stairs, um, calls her a, something like a sexy son of a bitch. Yeah. Which again, just no human ever would. No. Um, and then while Hugh Grant's out of the room, uh, sort of, I don't know, makes some kind of creepy pass at her ear. Tries to do it with her ear. Yeah. She's like, I'm not having any of that. And uh, But it but maintains, obviously, diplomacy because, you know, it's the President of the United States. Yeah. And she sort of slinks out of the room. And then Hugh Grant fires her because it turns out he's an arsehole too. Yeah. Yeah. And, he, and I've put here, Hugh Grant is annoyed because he's the one, he's the only one around here who gets the fuck the help. Thank you very much. <laughs> There you go, you yeah, see. I've literally yeah, yeah, yeah. That to you don't you don't pass the help around. No, there's, there there are rules to yeah. fucking the help. Let's do this properly. And then we get this horrendous press conference. Yeah, which is again I've put in. It's forty minutes into the film. It's a totally unearned emotional yeah. uh, jizzy crescendo. <laughs> you just you don't get to have when you've not really laid the groundwork at all. And this, the sweeping music that builds as Hugh Grant, it, it feels American, yes. not British. Yeah, it oh, feels, no, it is completely. It feels like the end of Independence Day. Yeah, no, it's, it's the end saying, of the film. I hate Americans. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many false endings to this film like this could be the end of the film mm. 
40 minutes in, like, let's just finish it here. It's fine. Yeah. And then Hugh Grant is spending time on his own. He looks at the picture of Margaret Thatcher and says, how did you deal with... Yeah, did this? you ever have to cope with, like, these shenanigans at work? Yeah. And he says, I bet you did use saucy mix. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> and then he does this dance, and the dance really bothers me for yeah. this one reason. Again, it's unearned. But unearned. Yeah. Horrendous. Mm. And then when it finishes, it finishes because he meets the eye of another lady. That's right. And he stops, and then you realise there is no music. No. So he's literally dancing to nothing. He's dancing around the 10 Downing Street to the music in his head. Yeah. You know, not a good sign for the no. leader of, you know, one of the largest uh, Western powers. It's not his finest hour. And it also, it's just, you know, this will look good in the trailers. It's mm. so frickin' cynical. Mm -hmm. And sort of, what would be funny here is when Hugh Grant dances. If you haven't seen um, Paddington 2 yet, and you oh. might not have done, I won't spoil it. Hugh Grant is... It's career-winningly his best performance, I think, by a long chalk. And um, there is a bit in the closing titles which will make all of this better. Yes. And you must stay for the titles because it's just, it's a moment of, it's kind of this, but so much better. Because Hugh Grant's usually very good. Oh, right. he's he's but in Paddington too. He is phenomenal. Oh no, no, this it's it's a, it's a whole other level of. Yeah. And I hope he gets bajillions of hours of I work would, out of it. Um, I mean, I'm not saying he isn't working. It's his fault. I mean, I hope he gets more high-profile stuff because he's more. kind of because he's got yeah. older. He's kind of not getting the huge parts he used to get. Well, I suppose he's getting different parts now. Should have he played. should have been the Bill Nye character. Yeah, He'd yeah. Been better at that. Yeah. Although now I'm imagining. Him. And Bill Nye would have been better as the Prime Minister. Completely, but then him and Martin McCutcheon would have been creepy as fuck. Well, you'd have got like Pat Butcher as <laughs> Martin. Yeah, but now I'm imagining Hugh Grant humping Parky's face, and I'm not feeling good about that. Oh, either. I'm going to get to that. I want to be sick in my mouth. That's horrible. <laughs> I hate the way he doesn't mind. Although I hate the way he always grabs He's his hips. He's so good natured about it. Yeah, no, no, that's. There are so many moments where it's supposed to be like a comic yeah. kind of, um, you know, money shot. Like, that's the wrong thing to use. Well, but, this but is, and they just sort of hang there and they go on a bit too long and the yeah. editor doesn't seem to have a clue. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. We uh, keep saying that. Like, I, know, I know. This film could be in a. We might as well talk about it in our order because it's not really in an order that makes any sense. But then um, Colin Firth, again, is writing and he's stupid woman who can't yeah. speak English yeah. picks up all these pages and they fly into the river ladies bra yeah and so <laughs> right, she that's takes off her clothes the ladies bra. you see her bum and her, her, her bra yeah she's wearing her pants and bra and then he says in 2004 <laughs> she'll think I'm a spaz if I don't jump in I know a bit off spaz well again public school boys not really mm. in touch with the rest of the world it took them a bit longer to catch up on the old vernacular and that not being at all acceptable uh, yeah. But Sorry. anyway, so she swims into the lake to pick up all the pages of his novel, mm. saying funny things in foreign about how this better not be shit because, you know, it's the lake's freezing and she's trying to collect all the pages. Mm. And then we get Andrew Lincoln when Kieran Knightley comes around and watches oh, no, the this video. is the bit with the pie. I'm so and sorry. And first, the video on his shelf, I don't know if you've noticed this, you probably have because you've watched this a hundred times. Yeah, I have, yeah. Rear window. That's right. The guy who spies on people. Yeah, but he isn't a pervert. creepy fucking weird pervert in Rear Window Not like this guy. Not as much as Andrew Lincoln, no. So she no. watches the video, right? Yeah. And she watches the creepy stalking video and she's really happy about it. She says, she says, I look beautiful. No, no, no. She's, because it's, because it's, again, John, she's British. Yeah. So she kind of bites her lip adorably and then says, <laughs> I look quite pretty. Like that. You'd be terrified. You would run out of that place. So that's before she... It's not because she's a bit thick. Um, it's yeah. not sunk in yet that, because all the shots are of her, mm. that he might be about to kill her. <laughs> not sunk in. This, in a normal world, this scene mm -hmm. would be accompanied by a scene in a few scenes' time yeah. of him chopping her up in the bathtub. That's right. And also it's accompanied by this sort of rather sentimental piano music mm -hmm. when it should be like stabby strings. Ah! 
But no, no, it's fine. He's just been filming. He went to his friend's wedding and just filmed his wife's tiny little pixie face for hours. She says, but you never talk to me. Oh. That's because you just laugh and cry at the same time all the time. It's really confusing. <laughs> it, it would have been less creepy if it had just been a video of him wanking. <laughs> but then she says, she says, um, you've stayed rather close. <laughs> what? That's such right. a weird thing to say. I know. And then she leaves. Aww. And then he walks out. And then just to rub it in, we get Dido. Dido. He storms out of the Oxo Tower to mm-hmm. Dido. What could like be more noughties than that? It's the, one of the worst Dido songs as well. It's a terrible song. I, can't, I couldn't even sing it to you now. It's so forgettable. It's just to rub it in. Isn't it just about being sad and someone's I gone sad? Oh, my God, don't sing. I won't Jesus. until you're resting. <laughs> I've had Sherry. It's Christmas, Julia. Come Yay! on. Look, I'm going to do the glasses. Put a cracker. Um, so then Hugh, Hugh Grant and his age, and that's when he talks to her and she says that you know, Martin McCutcheon's fat. Yeah, yeah Nina Sassani's character, whose name I've forgotten, um, it, her only function is to be catty and unpleasant about her colleague, which, again, um, she's one of the finest actresses this country has produced. Mm-hmm. So that's lovely that she I just th- gets to be a cow and then go away again. Yeah, I remembered that, and I've completely misremembered this. I remember there being a subplot that she's actually in love with Hugh Grant, uh, which no, is why she's be being unpleasant. better, I suppose. But that yeah. never pays off. No. So you just, she's just an arsehole. No, yeah, no exactly. Reason. Yeah, just, just, a, just a beast. So then Liam Neeson, and he says, let's watch Kate and Leo. It's, um, it's, a, it's, it's an odd thing to do. There are other things they could have chosen. You shouldn't be asking all these questions. This should be like a something we all agree that two people would watch together and then we can move on. It's just there are too many questions. It should be a project because the boy should be upset about his mum and yep. the dad should be like, well, is there any girls you like or is there anything you're interested in? That would in? be better. But instead of the boy saying, I'm in love and the dad being like, oh, well, let's do that yeah. then, it doesn't work. It doesn't work That way all. around. It feels like the cart's in front of the horse. Yeah, it doesn't answer questions. It just leaves more questions. Yeah. And that's narratively, it's like a... You know, too many speed bumps. Yeah, I can't. I can't just get to where I want to go because I keep on looking down and going, "Why is the road so bumpy?" It's just very, very confusing. And then um, Colin first says goodbye to the lady he can't talk to. That's right. And crashes his car. That's right. Hilariously, <laughs> it's very funny. He's, he's such a klutz. Not being able to drive and oh. stuff. It's just so English and British. It's probably and the foreigners driving on the wrong side of the road that's done it. <laughs> yes. Why wasn't there a line about that? There should have been a line about that. Should have. Been. Yeah. And then we get Bill Nye's music video, which again feels way over sexualized. That's right. Because they're mocking um, the, addicted, addicted to love, to love yeah. which is not as sexual as this video. No, it's not. And it's all women in like tiny little Santa outfits, licking their lips, and... with, their, with this great back hair and the red lipstick. But yeah, mm. they're licking their lips and like humping their instruments. Mm-hmm. And mm. yeah, it, it, it's, just, it's sort of uh, the wheels have well and truly come off by this point. I think. So then Liam Neeson's stepson. He's on the way home from school Step and he sees on. a video on TV of the Bill Nye video. That's right. And thinks, I'm going to play drums. The light bulb appears This girl's not interested in me, so I'm going to try and wangle my way into her life. Yeah. Yeah. Because don't forget, if you like a woman, don't go directly to her. Try mm. and trick her into liking you. That's right. That's always preferable. This comes up a lot in Richard Curtis films. Can we actually. talk about that time travelling one where it's like can you trick someone to sleep with you it's like Groundhog Day written by a rapist <laughs> yes it yeah. is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And, then the, and then there's the boat that raped yeah I <laughs> have not watched that later films don't watch it no yeah I don't nice. think they're going to show that again now I hope not I think it's kind of gone that moment has passed but the time travel one has one where it, it posits a future for this character where he's not with the girl he that's likes, right but they've got children yeah and he and he sees the children and they exist in his brain as yeah. these actual living beings yeah and he's like no fuck that <laughs> I don't want them. Yeah. Put them back in. Yeah. They're Hang actual on. children. <laughs> it's almost like Bill Nye's system. If you go in a cupboard and have a wank <laughs> and think about women, it's totally you a can wank go back in time. I know, I know, I it's know. It's almost like the, the time travel thing's an afterthought of, you know, 
Anyway, so yeah, then we get the Christmas party at Alan Rickman's company. Oh my God, the Christmas party. Where he dances with his secretary. They've actually dressed her, obviously in a very tight red dress. Tiny red dress. Also, red devil horns. Ooh. Because it might not be clear to you that she's just... Evil. A hundred percent evil. Oh, and out to ruin Emma Thompson, lovely Emma Thompson's marriage. Mm. She has no other depth to her character. She's just evil and an exocet missile heading straight for his pants. But you can argue that Emma Thompson's character doesn't have any depth. She's just a mum. Emma Thompson just couldn't play a character without giving it no. her an entire backstory with an eye movement. She's just, she's too good. She can do it with, without words. It is true. So then we get Bill Nye on Parkinson where he simulates filleting. Oh him. my God. And um, in a pre-U tree BBC, that's normal behaviour. Yes, yes, you can take your trousers down he on... He literally grabs his hips <laughs> as if to say, yep, stick it in my mouth, lovely. But but again, uh, that's, and maybe it's a lack of direction. But and obviously, you know, and Parky's not an actor, but like, Jesus Christ, you know, no! <laughs> again, this is when I was thinking this is Spice oh. World. Uh, so then we get Laura Linney dancing with Boring Man. She gets off with him. Yeah. He drives her home. Depressing love scene where she gets her tits out. She's really excited. Mm. She takes him upstairs to her weird mezzanine, beautiful Mansion. flat. Yeah. Um, he comes up, does it with her in a kind of, you know, sort of a beautifully lit setting. Doesn't do it with her. Well, t- starts to do it with her. Fingers and tops. And then fingers and tops. <laughs> this is a recurring theme in yeah. our podcast, John. Yeah. Um, bit of fingers and tops. Um, yeah. She gets them out and then has to pop them back in again because the phone's in. ringing. The phone rings. And this is where we establish that Laura Linney's phone is ringing because um, her brother is in some kind of institution because he has mental problems and is violent and, and, and whatever. So, something's wrong with him. And she's uh, 24 hours a day. She's available on the phone in case he needs her for anything. Even though he's been looked after by a team of people. Oh, we'll get to this. He just constantly phones her to but ruin he's, her he, life and cock-block her. Yeah, he's cock block her. He, mm. The man is spooked by her going home with a girl and finding out her brother is mentally ill and annoying. Which must he's have probably been like, more spooked by the fact that she just answers her phone during sex. Like, who has ever done that? John, have you ever answered the phone during sex? No, it was a missed call. <laughs> I missed it by a second. Um, oh my god! But there's a lot of yeah, I have I've watched this film a lot now. It is all gratuitous. At no point does the German secretary need to be in her bra and pants, apart from just to show that she's in her bra and pants. Yeah. At no point does Laura Linney need to have her top off by the time she's interrupted on the phone. Right. At no point does do any of the women in this film need to strip off to jump in a lake. It's it's entirely gratuitous. But his grasp of mental illness is awful because well, i mean i don't know but no but you got the when we meet when we eventually meet her brother yeah he's clearly got problems and it's very well acted he's disturbed and he's violent yeah. occasionally violent it's yes. very well acted yeah, yeah, yeah. it's sensitive that scene yeah when she's on the phone to him it's mm. played for laughs oh god it's awful you're with the pope and john bon jovi yeah. oh i don't think they're gonna come around I know, right clearly now he's a d- d- delusional character but why would you pay for him to have care when he can, he's got access to a phone and he can phone you at all hours i don't know that wouldn't happen would it Honestly, I don't know enough about it, but I just think the whole um, thing is it's trying to imbue things with a seriousness that it doesn't really have. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, like I said, there are pockets of real emotion. Their storyline, the brother and sister, Emma Thompson, maybe a little bit of um, no. What other? I'm trying to think of any other plotline that has any real feeling in it. Well, the Liam Neeson ones. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. So that yeah. maybe those three, but the the emotion is it's like little bubbles that occasionally just sort of pop to the surface, but mostly. None of it rings true emotionally. They aren't humans who act like humans do. And when they do, it's almost kind of incongruous, isn't it? It's like, oh, no, that's not... Uh, uh. Yeah. It's just confusing. But then immediately after the Laura Linney scene that's sensitively handled... Yeah. So then we get the <laughs> hilarious <laughs> Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> See, that? yeah, obviously it doesn't work at all. No. 
and you know big, doing a bit of business but yeah. apparently um that his character because obviously we do see him again once more at the airport his character is supposed to be and in the in the 17 hour version of this film yeah. he was some sort of um Conduit. unearthly christmas angel oh, who sort of fixed things for people so obviously he kept alan rickman waiting at the department store to buy the next which we get to in a sec because um he's sort of trying to scupper him ruining his marriage and he helps later on the little boy sam at the airport trying to see yeah that that without time without that being in the film that scene yeah. doesn't work no because he looks at liam easton as to say see i've done that because you're supposed because i think he's originally supposed to be i think this was a different film i wouldn't i wouldn't mind seeing that film actually just to see what they were planning on doing but mm. he it didn't work um, uh, apparently which is why it's sort of, most of it hit the cutting floor but he was supposed to apparently be some sort of it's a bit. It's a, it's a wonderful lifey. There's some kind of angel who was prodding behind Is the he scenes. Herbert? You're thinking of Harvey the Rabbit. Now, I am, aren't I? Yeah, no, Clarence. Clarence. There you Fucking go. Idiot. Too much sherry, dude. You have had two glasses of sherry. Now. Yeah, well, you've never had sherry before. You can't no. handle the sherry. It's gone right to my head. <laughs> um, and then we, Chris Marshall goes off to the airport to go mm-hmm. to America. And then um, uh, Liam Neeson's son starts drumming. Yes, because he wants to be Ringo Starr and Shagabon Girl. And then Emma Thompson finds the necklace. That's right. And she's, she's in he- seventh heaven. She thinks, oh, he's bought me a necklace. He's bought me an ugly, shitty necklace. It's really it's ugly. Nice. I mean, it's, it, it's, I know fashion changes everything, but in, in no one's time is that a nice piece of jewellery. Was it 200 quid, wasn't it? 270 pounds. <whistles> yeah. One Christmas, right. my husband um, mocked up, because it's not a real Joni Mitchell CD case. There's no album that exists. He yeah. bought a box... Um, carefully printed out the Joni Mitchell front and back covers and faked up uh, to put inside it a, a, a Selfridges receipt for a shit gold necklace <laughs> and gave it to me for Christmas. I've never laughed so much in all my life. That's very good. Yeah, this is brilliant. <laughs> mm. and so then, That's the kind of relationship we have. <laughs> then we cut to it. It's sort of a montage at this point. Colin yeah. Firth is learning Portuguese. There's a lot of montages just to get... I mean, it's so bloody slow. Mm. Sometimes they just sort of mercifully skate over it with a tune so you can just yeah get on with it yeah and then we get chris marshall arriving in america and a, a wanker's dream effectively yes and he meets betty draper from mad men well, I, we can't dwell on this more than it's just it's just literally he's got his lad in his hand <laughs> all these tit models come in who have no personalities or anything yeah they all talk like they're in a porn film they take him home and fuck in the end mm. can we just move on Has i can't he, bear it i mean I, I agree with your theory that he's obviously banged his head and having a yeah. dream yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 and then emma thompson uh they us to christmas eve that's right because we keep getting these countdowns one week to christmas blah 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 and this yeah. is christmas eve and so, then they're, they're having this tradition of we can open one present yes which is fair enough so she thinks oh there's that there's ne- necklace is under the tree yeah she opens it and it's a Joni mitchell cd with right. herself which exactly. is exactly and, um, then, and then there follows the most beautiful if you saw that scene in isolation and someone said you've never seen love actually here's a scene from it would you like to see the film you go oh my god yes it's incredible. It's mm. just Emma Thompson in a room playing a Joni Mitchell song, letting the tears come. Yeah. And then just the heartbreaking little, she just uh, tidies up the corner of the duvet cover, which is clearly already tidy at the end before she leaves the room. It's just heartbreaking. It's and just, she's amazing. It's the slowed down version of both sides now, isn't it? Yes. It works very well. It's just, it's yeah. so beautiful. She's incredible in this. Yeah. And it turns out, as we've mentioned earlier, she's the brother of Hugh, sister of Hugh Grant. <laughs> she's the sister of Hugh Grant. And yeah. I would never cheat on my wife if her brother was the prime minister. No, exactly. I mean, surely he could do... I mean, he's already said he could get his tea lady's ex-boyfriend killed by the SAS. What if that's what Dr. David Kelly did? 
Well, frankly, anyone who cheats on her deserves to be killed. End of story. Bill Nye, it turns out, is number one. Yes. Um, on Christmas Eve, they announced that he's number one. And then Martin Freeman uh, walks the lady home that he's been having sexual relations with all day, pretend. Yes. Yeah. And uh, it's very funny because he, he's too awkward with her and he can't even kiss her. <laughs> yeah. Which is funny. Since he's even though he's looking, had a... Looking at her area. Um, <laughs> but so, so anyway, she kind of kisses him. Mm. And then she says, and this is why, this is when the editing just, I mean, it's, it's bad anyway, but it just yeah. falls apart. She says in the way that nobody would, she kisses him and says, all I want for Christmas is you. Yeah. At which point, you know, in the old version of the film, they've cut to the Christmas concert mm. where the little boy's, you know, Drumming. the object of his affection is singing All I Want for Christmas is by you. Mariah Carey. Yeah. So... That's, so it's all fucked up now. It's all fucked It's anyone's up. game now. Yeah. Um, the film is effectively finished and they've got a bunch of scenes to chuck in before the end, which takes them a long time. And then Colin Firth arrives at the most middle-class house in the world. Yeah. And they're like, oh, I'm cool. Whatever his name is. Yeah. And he goes in and he's like, no, I can't do this. I have to go and fulfil my love. Yeah. But doesn't it, say that. He just goes, I'm uh, leaving. Yeah. Dumps all of his presents. And then all the children say, we hate uncle, whatever his, whatever name, his name is. is. <sighs> and then Laura, I said the energy levels are just dropping now and then Kira Knightley is at home and then we get the worst moment in cinema oh history oh my god it's eggs cue cards yeah. <laughs> eggs cue cards nasty cheap creepy disgusting <laughs> why would you do this to your best friend's wife yeah what is she supposed to do in this situation well, it turns out she runs after That's him and kisses down. him. Yeah. So he stands at her door, tells her to lie to her husband, yep. his best friend, mm -hmm. say it's carol singers. Yeah. Um, and then he holds up cue cards. Is it a Bob Dylan video he's aping? Is it? Yeah, the subterranean home scene. Yeah. Please, yeah. So he um, holds up cue cards, saying things while playing Christmas carols to hide the fact that it's him outside the door. Saying things like, um, "Oh, one day I," and then holds up a card saying, "I would, I would, uh, one day I will be going out with one of these women, and it's all just like tit ladies with tits, yeah, who don't have any personality or agency of their own uh -huh. again, yeah. Um, but until then, I will love you, blah 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 blah. You're my friend's wife. I don't really respect that or care about that at all. Mm -hmm. um, and um, apparently declare his love is, is the respectful way to deal with the situation that he's in what's she supposed to do with this information <clears throat> run after him and kiss him naturally and then he Charming. says as if to underline the brass balls of the writer in this yeah. one, he goes enough yes enough now i've ruined everything yeah i can't be around this woman now i'm so it's like it's like i've lanced that boil yeah. super right I can I mean, move on with my I, life. he goes home and calls a prostitute john yeah, yeah. and then he, he calls, calls her, john. her by <laughs> he calls her john yeah. um yeah Fair he enough. calls her by kira Knightley's character's name i forgot what that is she's so forgettable um and um and and that's what happens and it's just really awful and unsatisfactory well there we go that's what a night with andrew lincoln is like yeah and <laughs> then uh, bill nye goes to see uh his manager rav c nesbitt Tells to tell him, he loves, him, him. he loves him yeah that's that. And That's all, that dealt with. I've written here, all men in this film behave like sex offenders. <laughs> Let's get pissed and watch porn and presumably yes, wank yes. together. Let's watch porn. Like, what on earth? I've no idea. I want to know about the logistics. Are they, doing it, are they wanking side by side? Are they, are they playing they do... Sticky Biscuit? Wasn't that a thing? Yeah, yeah. Again, public school, public which school. just shines through like uh, a I'm working class. Like we beacon. didn't have that. Would they go side by side or back to back? Because if you've got peripheral vision, it might put you off. I don't think he was serious. I think it was like a funny joke. Was it? Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> okay, fine. Because <laughs> this is one thing that man's got in his house. It's pornography. Oh, God, yes. Loads, yeah, yeah. loads, loads. So there you go. So then Hugh Grant <laughs> gets a letter from Martin McCutcheon. 
Uh, basically, she says, I'm yours. He gets a Christmas card, and as all women ha- eventually have to do in this film to mm. get the men to notice them, like the German secretary earlier, they, they basically have to say, I'm yours. They mm. have to, like, flash their boobs and go, come on, then. Yeah. Um, uh, so that, that fires him into action, and he goes to Wandsworth. The rough end of Wandsworth. The rough bit. And he goes to Wandsworth and knocks on all the doors because he doesn't know what number. He knows the road she lives at because they planted that earlier in the script. Yes. But he doesn't know what number, so he goes there knocking on doors. And everyone's like, oh, hello. The Prime Minister, <laughs> yeah. Knocks, knocks on the German secretary's door. Yeah, weirdly. Who's kind of there in sort of, I don't know, her pants or something. Doesn't make any sense that she opens the door. Action, She's yeah. like, no, she lives next door. Everyone lives in Wandsworth. That's Bye, thanks for being in this a film. Fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can go now, mm. put your knickers back on. Yeah. Thanks very much. They just treat all the women so appallingly. Yeah. Um, and then he finds Natalie at her house with her family. And she does some, can you guess, funny swearing. Where the fuck is my fucking coat? There you go. Yeah. That word's always funny. And then they um, endure this um, rather uncomfortable ride to the school show, which, of course, happens on Christmas Eve. As mm. most, most schools that break up on, I don't know, like the 19th, would then drag everyone back from wherever they were having Christmas for one night on Christmas Eve in order to perform some kind of elaborate show with tiered seating and a balcony and, you know, lighting and pyrotechnics and glitter cannons. It's uh, just like any other school, really. Well, they also drop in that all the schools in the area are having a joint concert. Oh, gosh, no, you're right. That's so we oh, can so have no, the I, plebs I like and the posh shows in the same yeah. concert. Yeah, exactly. Richard Curtis's children appear in this. The, the, the little boy with um, the spiderweb on his face, who's one of the three wise men, uh, is now 20, but that's Richard Curtis's son. And one of the lobsters is his daughter. Great. So, yeah. Again, going back to what I said earlier, everyone's yeah. dressed stupidly for the nativity play. Yeah, cause because it's Because we can't have religion anymore because everyone's too PC. Yeah. So we have to have Spider-Man faces lobsters. and lobsters and octopuses. Yeah, yeah. Um, so then the school concerts on Christmas Eve, which wouldn't happen because nope. no one would go to school. Nope. It had not been a closed a week not before. Not a bloody chance. No. Uh, unless you're at boarding school, maybe. Yeah. And, and then... And so the Prime Minister's on his own on Christmas Eve. Just yeah. kind of just suicidally sad. He should be at Checkers wanking. <laughs> With Bill Nye and his yeah, manager, because they all get together to watch porn. Edwina Curry. Jesus. We are some other catering professional. I don't know. Catering <laughs> professional, yes. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, this is it. Liam Neeson's son's playing drums. And she's That's singing right. all over for Christmas. And she points at Liam Neeson's son and says, You... And he's excited. Mm. At this point, we should also point out that she is the actress who plays, who obviously now is like 50. She's not, she's about 28. Mm. The actress who plays Joanna, the object of his love, um, is also Marceline in um, Adventure Time. Is she? Smashing fact for you. That is a good fact. Thank you very much. Um, That's my one fact. (laughs) No, you've got plenty. Uh, Don't put yourself down. Oh, thanks, John. You haven't been written by Richard Curtis. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like more than one dimension. You are. I've got two or three. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where it should end. Yeah, so so she, thank you, know your place. <laughs> exactly. She sings, he's excited. Yeah. And actually, it's quite a nice moment of uh, sort of timing where he's drumming and then she says, all I want for Christmas is you, points at him yeah. and then turns around and points at other people in the audience going, and you, and you, and you. Like, and then he um, kind of just finishes off his drumming with a disconsolate thwack on the cymbal, mm. like, well, that's fuck that then. Yeah, um, waste of my fucking time yeah. learning this fucking drum. Yeah, but, that, but, it's, but it's, it's now that we get to the the chase at the end of the film where everyone chases after the person they love mm. everyone who's left single not yet to be settled down or rejected because they've been stalking the person that they fancy uh, now gets to perform some kind of run or well, chase that, to get to their person before that we get Hugh Grant caught kissing Martine oh god yes that's right with everyone no scandal sees them kissing. all yeah. good yeah, two single here, people having a snog. Probably a good time for Martine to tell Hugh Grant that she'd done porn at some point before <laughs> the papers hear about it <laughs> 
because they're going to go looking the next day. Like, like all women, she'll be under immense scrutiny now that mm. she's the Prime Minister's girlfriend. Can't uh, stop swearing, say, say sources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sort of yeah, yeah, yes. No. It's, it's all over. Hiding her. to nothing. Yeah. And then, <clears> yes, as you say, we get the chases. Oh, and Emma Thompson says to Alan Rickman. Oh, my God, yes. Which is yes. a nice scene. It's, it's a wonderful scene. Uh, again, she's sort of backstage at the Christmas show mm. and obviously is, is delighted that her brother, the Prime Minister, has turned up, not realising he's actually there because he's kind of been trying chasing after away. this tea lady. Yeah. Uh, so he's been trying to fuck the help as well. And mm-hmm. um, uh, so she's really pleased to see him. And then she confronts Alan Rickman, her husband. Kind of, uh, she picks a weird moment, but clearly it just bubbles up. She plays it very well and um, and asks him, you know, if you knew someone who'd bought a necklace and uh, you didn't get to open on Christmas Day would would you leave that person or would you, and she's going to torture him mentally for a minute mm. and then um, just as he's going oh god I'm such an arsehole I'm so sorry oh no oh no you found out um, she does a brilliant switchery where she just her face kind of she turns sees her children and kind of just the curtain lifts and she goes darlings and does mm. that kind of flickery thing with her hands it's one of the most heartbreaking moments is, in British it's cinema. very well played yeah because she's, it leaves it completely fantastic. open you don't know how they ended up or anything no. I mean they sort of show you at the end sort of I know the but... ending's awful because they consign her yeah. to basically that awful uncertainty of going well he wanted to stray and he probably will again but mm. you've taken him back so it's just it's really bleak her ending of all the characters endings is so fucking bleak. It's like the woman with the personality. You don't. You don't get anything. No, <laughs> you're, well, you've been left yeah. off Felicia. You get nothing. The avatars are all very happy. At oh, the they're end, fine. So. They're all yeah. sexy and laughing and fine. So yeah, then we get Liam Neeson's son saying, "Oh well, you know, I didn't get to kiss her. I don't. She doesn't like me." And Neeson's like, yeah. "No, we're going to go to the airport and find and her a plane." And he knows a shortcut, so that's great. Yeah, they get to the airport. He runs through all the security because he's small. with the help of Rowan Atkinson. That's right. Yeah, the brief appearance of the Christmas Angel again, but it's kind of a bit by the by <laughs> by this point. <laughs> and then he does more business. <laughs> <laughs> so it's always very funny when he does that. He waggles does. his eyebrows. Yeah. Um, no, no, everyone, everyone is underusing this film. Let's not beat around the bush. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so little Sam, he's tiny. He can jump over things and duck. Under of things he runs finds the girl says hello realizes she knows his name that delights him that's enough for him then he gets dragged off by security and then she comes out and finds him and kind of kisses him on the cheek again doesn't speak because it's important that these beautiful avatars seen are. and not heard then they mustn't talk otherwise it spoils everything so yeah so he kind of gets his girl sort of uh, or not although in the um the sequel they did for comic relief this year mm. um the two of them come back obviously now they're grown-ups terrifyingly mm. grown-up and they're mm. they, they they're, they're a couple they're married it's all lovely oh, so you know it all worked out fine for them there's two things missing here <clears throat> yeah one he, Liam Neeson says I would never meet another woman unless I meet Claudia Schiffer oh fuck yes no, I and he does I meet Claudia Schiffer it's just awful so I think isn't, isn't it one of the producers is Matthew Freud who is married to Claudia Matthew Schiffer so Born, that's right. Yeah. I think everyone's called Freud now. Yeah, so his wife is kind of floating about anyway. They might as well give might her well a part. She's lovely. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so she plays a character called... One of the mums from the school. Carol or Karen, I forget which. Yeah, and he bumps into her um, as they're on their way out of the door to chase this girl to the airport. This poor girl. Everyone's being chased by scary men who are obsessed. And, yeah, and she kind of waggles her eyebrows wildly under her adorable ski hat and says, you know, I'll make sure we meet again. Mm-hmm. So he's going to marry someone who looks exactly like the woman who... 
if you look at the DVD extras, he's actually, there's a scene where Liam Neeson searches Claudia Schiffer naked, naked, naked and finds pictures God. of her. So that's, again, terribly creepy, terribly creepy. Awful. Um, uh, also, yeah. the boy at the airport, this is two years after 9-11. Yeah. He'd have been shot within seconds. Uh, he'd be riddled with bullets. Yeah. Like, shot to shit, <laughs> yeah. without question. And when they so do catch survives, him... that's lovely. When they do catch him, they give him a kind of, oh, you little tinker. I know, you scamp, here's your coat back, don't do that again. He'd be arrested you know. and... He'd be dead. Yeah, yeah, he'd be dead. He'd be a dead man. But anyway, <laughs> anyway so they don't shoot him. So he gets his peck on his cheek and he goes home to watch Moulin Rouge, I assume. With his dad? Yeah, with his dad. Yeah. Nothing fine. Yeah. Nothing fine. And then Colin Firth, we get his yeah. hilarious uh, broken oh, policeman from a lower low Portuguese. Yeah, because obviously all this time, uh, literally never speaking to this woman again after leaving France, never intending to go back. He's on the off chance gone to one of those London schools of language learning yeah. and sat sort of dutifully learning how to speak Portuguese. Just, to, just on the off chance that he could change his mind on the doorstep of his family's house on Christmas Eve, mm. fly to France, go to the Portuguese quarter where she, in the restaurant she works in and go and sort of in broken English amusingly tell her that he loves her. Not yeah. before they've been horrible racist <laughs> to the entire Portuguese community in that yeah. bit of France by uh, assuming that they'd all be talking about him. Uh, the Englishman has come to buy Aurelia. He's going to buy her. He's going to murder her or something. And then, yes, yeah, Aurelia's sister, obviously, who's just lambasted. Her only appearance in the film lambasted horribly because she's apparently fat and uh, and that's the worst thing you can be. Worst. A fat woman. Mm. How dare you not be attractive for the men to decide whether to shag you or not. How Dreadful. dare you not allow me to put you in your bra? Exactly. Yes, you won't look nearly as nice in a bra. We want use of you. I know. We'll laugh at you instead. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely appalling. Miss Dunkin' Donuts, she's called, by but her then dad. The scene, I have to admit, the cynical part of me has to admit, the scene where he talks to her is quite nice. The balcony. Well, it's a balcony yeah. scene. So balcony scene. Proper Romeo and Juliet. It's really mm. lovely in that they're kind of, she's learned English, he's learned Portuguese. She's shy and it's all lovely and everything. But you keep on reminding yourself, like, I don't know how they cast it or if they consciously cast it this way. He's definitely nudging 50. Yeah. She's definitely just into her 20s, I'd say maybe mid-20s, tops. Mm. Mm -hmm. And she's the help. Yeah. So the kind of power relationship is so fucked. They've never spoken a word to each other, ever. Yeah. And they're going to base a lifetime of love on that. It's just, it's so stupid. Mm. <laughs> but you're right. No, I don't want to take that away from you. It's, it's very, it's sweet. It's nicely done. She plays it nicely. He's a good actor, you know. Know, nothing not to like there but in a film the that's thing is just like uh, a turd rolling down a hill occasionally it finds a plateau to rest on for a moment or some glitter to yeah. stick to it yeah Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Nice. better. Very better. nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get this horrible God only knows thing because it's a beautiful song that can make me oh my God. emotional. It makes me and, cry. And so again, much. it's like you said about pushing buttons. Yep. If we put God only knows in here, it'll make people cry. Yeah. And it kind of does. It does. When I met my husband, I had to kind of confess that I had bought this DVD. I bought it. But we met sort of about two years after this film was made. And I said, look, I've got, I have actually got, I think you may have seen it on my shelf actually, and questioned his, um, <laughs> questioned his affections for me. And I was like, no, no, no don't go. I bought this because the last bit with the beach boys and the airport bit when I'm feeling a bit shit I just I just watch that bit because it's lovely and it reminds me of like love and, mm. and humanity and everything this film is not about <laughs> I like that it's with just, the, the end know. scene in parenthood where yeah. everyone's like having babies that makes me cry. Exactly. There are some things you just plug into and go, actually, I just need, I need a shot of that. I'll mm. have that. And this and this scene always did that for me, where the screen divides. And crucially, like at the beginning of the film, these are real people in an airport. Presumably you had to sign release forms after the fact. But, you know, he, they, the camera spies on them from afar. And they're, they're a genuinely, like, lovely, jolly-looking old men hugging their grandchildren. And it's just too much. It's so beautiful. 
And with that song, you're right, it's just that it can't fail to be emotional. Soured slightly by Colin Firth introducing oh. Andrew Lincoln to his new wife, who he will try and scuttle. Oh, I know, immediately. It's only a matter of time before he turns up at the door. Her. Yeah. He's going to be like the rear window thing. It started. Maybe that's the sequel. Maybe that's what's coming. I don't know. Have you seen Love Actually too? Is Andrew Lincoln in it being weird? <laughs> I can't remember. I don't know if he came back for it. I can only really remember Liam Neeson and the. He grown did up come children. back for it. I remember did him he? doing promotion for it with his beard oh. from Walking Dead beard. And Keira Knightley did come back too. Mm, maybe Liam Neeson got like came a back. Did he? Restraining order against him by this point or something. I don't. Rowan Atkinson came back. Yeah, he did. Yeah. I never watched it. Amusingly, wrap another present. Jesus fucking. Um, I did watch it, but I, I'm sorry, I've forgotten lots of it. I just. Remembered that the, the the children were grown up, and that always that always gives me the willies. The fact that children grow up, it's just not it's not it's right, not right is, it? is it? No. And then Chris Marshall arrives. <laughs> he um, ruins it again. To shit all over this he beautiful song. He always manages to fucking ruin everything. And again, this is not entirely Chris Marshall's fault. His part is turd. It's an oh, awful yeah. role. Mm. And he does his best with it. But yeah, he arrives back with... Christmas Jones. Some... Is that... Is that is it Christmas Jones? Denise Richards. So this actually has a Bond connection. This That's episode. okay, Neil. Right, it does. Actually, yeah. this, is, this is why it's because he, about... he brings a spare vagina with no, him. No, so he brings one lady's, you know, vessel with a woman wrapped around it mm. who doesn't need to have a name. She's just a blonde woman. Just a woman, yeah. Uh, who he's clearly decided... He's, he's done the pick and mix of America and gone that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I hope you don't mind. I brought my sister to stay. She's really real friendly mm. and then Denise Richards uh, sort of comes around the corner of uh, in Arrivals and walks straight up to Chris Marshall's terrified friend who was also the kind of runner on the porn film that uh, oh was he yeah I didn't pick that up yeah 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 because you see them kind of in scenes where they're at each other's works which would, again would never happen you I can't just have your mate to come around to your work mm. so he was at the wedding when Chris Marshall was helping with the catering as well he popped in to chat to him but his other his day job is he's a runner on really expensive porn films so he's there could, can't believe his eyes his friend's done what he said he, he was going to do and just disrespect women on a whole other continent yeah. and then bring some of them home like import them like slaves yeah. and um, and Denise Richards comes in and basically face rapes his friend without mm-hmm. asking yeah. in a way that's most offensive yeah. um, and that's all she gets to do in the film and then we get a lovely Hugh Grant narration about <laughs> love yeah. actually is Martin so... McCutcheon jumps on him as well don't oh, yeah, he comes yeah, yeah. back lots of, lots of them end up at the airport Bill yeah. Nye comes back with I think Vic Reeves' wife as his new. Oh, is that who it is? I think she's basically faceless. You can't even see her face, no. but I think it's Vic Reeves' wife, Nancy. Yeah, he says to Rabsy Nesbitt as if to say, "Sorry about when we bummed at Christmas, oh, but now I've got." A I woman. know. Can yeah. we not talk about that now? Yeah. I had too much tequila. I was mm. lonely. It was Christmas. I was we watched party. a lot of porn. Yeah. Did. <laughs> and now it's a month later, and he's come back from wherever it was with some new woman mm. who doesn't get to have a face or a name. Not no, important. No, no. Uh, unless she gets a name, that's all she gets. Um, yeah, and then and then Martin McCutcheon straddles Hugh Grant. Um, mm-hmm. This screen divides into a million pieces everyone's hugging it's all lovely the beach boys are singing i'm crying at this point i do i cry i tell you when i cry i cry when um the little boy comes out of the airport before before the girl kisses him yeah. on the cheek when he's like fa- looking at his dad and his eyes he's you know he's like he's, he just always looks either delighted or upset he's kind of like a young Kira knightley yeah he looks both delighted and upset all of the time mm. and he kind of puts his finger up to say dad it's the one and his eyes get really dewy mm. i cry like a bastard <laughs> And then I cry when uh, the Beach Boys sing. That's when I cry. I cried most of this film because I hated it so much. Oh, come on. I think you'll find it's more complicated than that. It's so long. Because it's not bad. It's just a mess. There are so many good things, but they've made it badly. But it needs to be edited down. It was, it was not the film it could have been. Richard Curtis is better than this. Everyone's better than this. Together, they just lost the plot. It would be Literally. passable if it was shorter, but it's so long. 
It's so <clears> It's a real slog to sit through. I, I, a perverse part of me wants to see the three and a half hours before they cut it. I really do. Mm. So there we go. I've actually yeah. sorted. Happy Christmas. With a bow on it. <laughs> I have, I've got two Christmas questions for you. Oh, okay, cool. Because this is a Christmas special. Of course. What does Christmas mean to you? Jesus, you asked that with almost a straight face. <laughs> it means, um, obviously, watching Love Actually. Yeah. I think I might watch it one more time before the end of Christmas, mm. just to give you an insight into, you know, how I get my kicks. Um, I, it means um, drinking and eating whatever I like without guilt. Mm-hmm. I've, I've vaguely thought about the baby Jesus once, but like not in any serious way. Yeah. Um, I went to my son's carol concert yesterday. That was nice. But, you know, yeah. I'm done with that now. Yeah. And um, it just it just means, you know, dressing the house up like Liberace, getting drunk. Good. Okay. You know, in moderation, not that much moderation. Responsibly. Sherry and Liberace lights. What does it mean to you? Yeah. Oh, me? Do you think you'll drink you... sherry again? Possibly, yeah. Excellent. It's okay, good. Nice. I'm glad I've got you on It's quite warming. Yes. Yeah, it is, isn't it? It's good. Yeah, it's yeah. quite relaxing and warming. Yeah. Kind of like opium. <laughs> I've not done opium, I'm just imagining. <laughs> Laudanum, perhaps. Yeah. No, you know, Christmas probably the same to me. Mm. Just a, a, a nice way to detach yourself from the year and, and watch float love. around in space. Not watch love, <laughs> Do you think you'll love, will you ever watch it again? No. Okay. I watch every year. I watch without fail. Trading places. Oh, of course. Bad Santa and don't say elf. Not elf. Fuck elf. Good. Thank fuck God elf for that. Sometimes Lethal Weapon. Okay, no, that is a Christmas film. We've established that. And now. Die Hard. Yeah, which is also a Christmas film. It yeah, is, yeah, and everyone yeah. says it isn't. Is a cock. Bit and the other question I would ask you is your best Christmas film. Oh, uh, see, mine is, I struggle to get this in now at home because my son is eight and has decided he's too old for it. But my favourite Christmas film by far is Arthur Christmas. Not seen it. I freaking love it. Yeah. It gets um, uh, ripped a lot in ads and stuff now, but it's basically Hugh Laurie kind of plays an apprentice candidate. He's one of Santa's two sons. He's waiting to take over mm. from Santa because it's like Santa's like a, a line of father to son passing down the job. Yeah. And um, and and then uh, then it doesn't go that way. And it's like a beautiful sort of underdog film. It's lovely. Mm. But my son won't let me watch it. Like he actively bans me from watching it. Yeah. I'm going to watch it on my own. Fuck him. I don't care. Yeah. 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 Mm. yeah kids do that. They ruin your fun. <laughs> Well, Julia, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you, it was it's a been pleasure. Lovely having you. I would say sorry for making you watch Love Actually, but you enjoyed it. I did. Yeah. Thank you. Bye bye. You just have a little bed and no couch. So you would have to share with all three of us. And on this cold, cold night, it's going to be crowded and sweaty and stuff. Yeah. And we can't even afford pajamas. Which means. Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.